We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. Hi, I'm Nechami, founder of Carmala Cosmetics, a company that produces high-performance natural beauty products and is dedicated to uniting and empowering women through the power of color. This is We Are Women, a podcast where women speak their truth and celebrate their victories. This podcast came about as a way to give a voice to all women because we all have stories to share. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of bread and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night, and we are women. I'm so excited for tonight's episode featuring parenting coach Brooklyn Dukes. I recently discovered her through a mutual friend of ours, and when I checked out her account, I saw how much value she was contributing to the Instagram community and immediately wanted to have her come on the show. Brooklyn has a master's degree in early childhood education, and she now focuses on parenting coaching. But her story and this episode contains so many lessons for everyone. We spoke about her journey from her childhood to leaving her teaching career to then starting her own practice. Brooklyn shares her journey with not caring about what other people think, self-awareness in business, showing up compassionately. Brooklyn also spoke about meeting your own needs so you can be the best person for others, having empathy, forgiving yourself for imperfections, and so much more. I cannot wait for you to listen in and be inspired. This podcast episode is brought to you by Uplevel, the app that's redesigning the world for women. Head over to uplevel.com, that's U-P-L-E-V-Y-L.com to join the Uplevel network and learn how to accelerate your life professionally, personally, and financially. Apply now and get access to highly curated, female-focused, and ad-free content. Membership required. Download the Uplevel app on the App Store today. I was always the youngest in my class. I was always the youngest of all my friends as a kid, which is funny because that's like my biggest question now as a grown-up is like, you're a little young to do that or da-da-da, so we'll talk about that too. But I was always like, um, I was always reading. I was very into reading. I was a good student for a long time. And then I became a really bad student, which is a big, uh, I wouldn't say I was a bad student. I, I stopped caring about school. Um, now I have a master's degree, so I've pulled through clearly, but, uh, <laughs> there was, I have a, I have a lot of, um, personal, um, love for kids who struggle with doing homework that they don't want to do. Um, I, was I think I was pretty precocious like I was probably like you know I was a teacher's pet style for a while until I stopped doing my homework after that I kind of lost that status and um yeah honestly as a as a kid I didn't have a lot of friends I wasn't like super comfy socially which is like I'm a huge extrovert and like I think people don't believe that now but I'm I definitely have thank god found my friend group and I'm very blessed in that way now and um but like as a kid I definitely was more like on my own a little bit not that I didn't want friends just like it was I just had a hard time harder time connecting I went to really um 
big, I went to public school my whole life. So I went to a big high school that was like very academic focused, like one of the best ones in Illinois and um, just very focused on performance. And it was very intense and kind of like helped me learn about like things I cared about and didn't care about. And, um, but I actually always wanted to teach I always wanted to be a teacher and I always wanted to change the education system. Um, I remember like, I remembered this recently that I like remember telling a therapist that I had in high school that I wanted to like change the education system and da, da, da. And like, I remember my therapist saying like, I fully believe that you will. And I like laughed at it. And like, now I'm like here and like 10 years later, 11 years later. And like, that's what I do. Like, that's literally what I'm doing. And it's so cool. I just got excited about that. <laughs> anyway, I love that. I love that. I love that. Your passion is so contagious. It's amazing. I love this. Um, yeah. So, okay. We, we have so much to discuss, but I want to just start with, um, you mentioned that school wasn't the easiest thing for you. Do you feel like that contributed to your um, choice, career choice of, of being a parenting coach? Yeah. I mean, I think that I think that kids naturally love to learn. And that's why we have children asking us why, 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 why all the time. You know, it drives us insane. Um, there, there is an innate wonder and like love for learning in kids. Um, and I love watching kids be curious and see all of that, which is I think why I initially became a teacher. I was a teacher for eight years. Um, and I think that that is... Um, that goes away. <laughs> I think that there's something about the education system where that disappears. And I think it has a lot to do with kids not feeling heard and a lot to do with kids' interests um, kind of being pushed to the wayside for the sake of whatever we consider important. And that's really why I went into education. And then I really saw, like, I loved working with parents. I loved when my parents, my students' parents would come to school and I would talk to them about their kids. And I would say like, no, like they're great. Like they're doing great. Like they're having a hard time with this. Like I loved that those interactions. And like, it's one of the biggest things I miss about teaching um, that and the paycheck. No, I'm just kidding. That's not what I miss. Um, <laughs> but I, I, um, I loved like that interaction with families so much. And that's kind of how I, I entered parent coaching world as one of my students' parents, he had left my class and she was like, I'm really having a hard time with my son. Like, would you want to help me out? And I was like, sure. Like, I love him. Like, I'd love to help you. And, and then she told someone and then she told someone and then I was like, should I post this on my Instagram? But it felt really weird. And I was like, this is kind of awkward. And I did it and I got through that awkward phase. And then, and I love working with parents now. Um, and I think, I think that like more than, you know, I don't think kids, one of the biggest things I think about in terms of parenting is like our kids kind of are, they need the same things growing up. They need, they need safety. They need love. They need respect. And I think sometimes we have a hard time showing up for parents that way. It's very easy to shame or blame or point out all the things that they're doing wrong. But I think that parents need that support so much to do that for their kids. And I love doing that for parents. <laughs> That was a long-winded answer. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. It's so true. We all do. We, we have the same needs as children that, that we do as adults. And sometimes when our needs don't get met as children, it ends up manifesting in other ways as adults. Totally. hundred percent. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. Okay. So, so w when did you decide to make that transition from 
working for someone else as a teacher and then becoming owning your own business, becoming a coach like full time? Um, well, I, I knew that I was starting that my family starting to get the short end of the stick in terms of my attention for children was getting delivered somewhere else. And I wanted that for my family to kind of deliver that more. Um, I also was getting a little burnt out teaching. I love teaching. I love the kids. I love the families. You know, I kind of knew going into my COVID teaching year last year that like it was probably going to be my last year. I was pretty sure about that. Um, it was very bittersweet. I grew up in the school that I taught at. I, I, I told the people that I worked for, like, if it was, if I could hang out with them all day, like I would, like I told them, I loved my bosses. I felt, I feel so blessed to be able to work for people like that. Um, and you know, I also had a master's degree. I wanted to, um, make more of an impact than I was in some ways. Um, I'm still kind of figuring out how to continue to broaden that and scale that to like a space that feels comfortable. Um, I liked so much of the school that I worked for. I was so grateful there. You know, my, I, I go there every day to drop off and pick up. Um, so I still get to see the teachers and, you know, my coworkers, my, and, and, and I was, I felt a little bit like I was stuck um, in terms of like my growth. I felt like there was more I could do and I needed like more of a creativity like outlet, I guess. I'm a very creative person and I like to kind of push my boundaries and think of new things and challenge myself. Um, and, you know, I felt like in, in some ways in the classroom that I was kind of limited. Um, and, and there are obviously things about the classroom that I miss so much. I still see my former students at pickup and they are more Brooklyn, more Brooklyn. <laughs> even, even their older siblings who I taught still do that when they pick up. So I still feel the love. And I think that's the thing I miss the most is the relationships with the kids um, and my coworkers. And, and I am totally getting that need met now with like my parent, the parents that I work with. Um, but yeah, I think that's like kind of when, and also like, frankly, like, it's nice to get paid a little bit more. <laughs> and, um, there, you know, there's a lot of reasons that went into it, but I was like excited to kind of like push myself into a new space and help in a different way. And even more than parent coaching, I really think that's what I do in my Instagram. Like I have 15 parent coaching clients. I have 11,000 people, thank God, who follow me on Instagram. And like every single one of them cares about the way they parent. Like, you know, I follow a few people on Instagram that sometimes, you know, they have like 700,000 followers. It gets a little daunting sometimes. And I'm like, no, 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 11,000 people want to hear what I have to say about parenting. And like, that is super cool. So um, I, I'm, I'm grateful that I get to be creative in that way also. Right. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I love that. It's so true, by the way. And also, even for those people, like I started following you, I really appreciate what you have to say, even though I'm not at this stage of life yet. I don't have children yet. Um, but I even, and I'm sure you have other people like that who are learning and it's kind of like proactive learning. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I love that. I love that. I actually have a lot of people who message me saying they don't have kids yet or that they have kids who are a different age that I typically talk about and they still love it. And it's funny because I almost never talk about specific ages, but people are very into that. But <laughs> something that I think is so like true and real is like the reason this resonates with people who don't have kids and people who have older children or whose kids are out of the house is because 
it's coming from a place that it's a universal human experience, whether you're a baby, toddler, teenager, grown up, you have a boss, you have a coworker, you have a spouse, like everyone is experiencing you know, things that are hard for them, behaviors that are tricky, wanting to manage their, like it's across the board for everyone. And um, it's not unique in a three-year-old versus a 17-year-old. Maybe, you know, a 17-year-old may not throwing themselves on the floor tantruming, <laughs> but they're having the same emotion and they're having the same upset and maybe it presents differently, but like that same experience, it's coming from that same place. So that is, yeah, that's a great point. So true. I think people who are listening are going to be like, oh, yeah, like when I react like that or when I whatever, you know what I mean? Um, It definitely goes back to it's like as an adult, we don't sit there and, you know, have a tantrum on the floor and kick and, you know, kick and scream. But let me tell you, I'm sure we we feel like that sometimes. Yeah, I think that was that was like one of the things I always used to say to my parents when they would drop off their students at, at school is like they'd be like, we had a really hard morning to, this morning. Like he did not want to get dressed. And I'd be like, you know what? Me too, Ezra. Me too, Joey. Like I get it, you know? And I think like, those are made up names, by the way. Um, <laughs> I think that like, we sometimes forget that like our kids are experiencing the same things that we've experienced, except we've had 20, 30, 40, 50 years to practice managing it. And they're like brand new. Like they just showed up and we were like, you can talk now. So please stop tantruming, you know, like, and, and they're just new. They, they don't know how to do it yet. They're just brand new, tiny people who are like, what? There's a feeling that's like literally bigger than them inside of them. And, you know, so, um, we have the same experience. We just have different skills. Like I'm not going to throw myself on the tantrum floor, uh, throw myself on the floor and tantrum, but I am gonna be slightly passive aggressive sometimes, you know, it just presents differently. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, it's, we need more people like you to be parenting coaches because you clearly are so empathetic to these children. It's so, it's so beautiful to see, you know? Um, and then you, you're, you're helping parents like right, I get why they're losing it it's really annoying to be a mom and be exhausted and have your kids need a hundred things from you when you haven't even gone to the bathroom yet and it's really annoying to be a dad and have no idea why your you know your wife is mad or your kids are losing it and you have like no emotional capacity anymore and you just worked you know like I yeah. get why it's hard I do um and like there is room for growth within that but for sure, for sure. So it's really like, like you're coaching the parents on how to deal with their kids, but you're also coaching the parents on how to deal with their own emotions. Right. Yep. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Story is like one of my clients came back after like our first session and the second session, she started, she's like, it's me, isn't it? We're talking about me. And I'm like, we are. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> because if it's not just our kids' behaviors that trigger us, meaning they, it's not their fault that we're triggered. It's, it's when, you know, if, if like, I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, it's not our kids that trigger us. It's their behavior. So we can separate them from their behaviors. Um, then we can cope, right? Because it's not my kid who's ruining my life. It's, I have a hard time coping with screaming, right? Like I don't necessarily need, maybe I don't, cause for another person, they might be fine with screaming. Like that might not phase them. It's my personal experience with that behavior. And I can do things to reduce that behavior and learn about why it's happening. And I can simultaneously learn to cope and soothe myself as it happens and remind my body that like, it's not an emergency. 
I'm safe, right? Screaming does tend to feel very emergent, but <laughs> for me personally, it does. Yeah, same. Um, but yeah, so I think that's a big part of it too. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I love that. Um, yeah, it's really about awareness. A lot of, a lot of these things are about awareness. And when you tune into and you're aware of what's going on, then you're able to deal with the problem, the challenge. Well, I think a lot, I almost every single thing that every single reaction, we have a belief about something that comes first, right? Like if I think screaming is inherently wrong, then I'm going to react, right? If I think if my kid is doing something to his sibling, if he's being manipulative, that belief is going to trigger my reaction or my behavior, right? If I think like, oh, my kid's having a hard time, I'm going to have a different reaction. So once we notice what our beliefs are, once I notice that I'm very triggered by manipulation, once I notice that I'm worried my kid's going to grow up and be, you know, in jail one day, you know, like that's, that's another thing we do is like we magnify, like if I don't step, if I don't teach him to share right now, he's going to be a thief. Like, no, like he's three, like it's not an emergency. We can teach our kids to share and they also probably won't end up in jail. That's unlikely. Um, meaning that is just a, one way we kind of like react to unconscious thoughts is like magnifying things, assuming our kids have bad intentions, labeling them like, oh, they're just so annoying or they're just, they want to ruin my day or, you know, whatever, things like that. For sure. And by the way, this also really applies. We have a lot of, of female entrepreneurs who are listening and watching. Um, and this really also applies to, to, to you, even if you don't have kids and also to relationships that you have. Um, yeah. which is important to remember that, you know, that, that these concepts are not just about children and your children. It's really about any relationship that you, the, that you have and you're, yeah. And I think I personally feel really passionate about children. So like it shows up for me in that way, in the way that I coach, but like we have these unconscious thoughts about everyone. I have these unconscious thoughts about the cashier. I have someone, when someone cuts me off in traffic, you know, when someone doesn't email me back right away and like, I practice recognizing them. Am I perfect? Definitely not. Um, but like, I think that once we, like, even in business, like I, if I have to email someone and they take a long time to get back to me and I'm like starting to label them or assume that they have bad intentions, or if a, a client cancels on me last minute, I'm like, they just don't care. They just don't care. Right. I mean, I don't really think that, but like, I usually have the capacity to say like, they must've had a really long day, whatever, blah, blah, blah. maybe it annoys me a little bit too, but like, that's my thing to deal with um, my process to like examine. Um, but it is applicable to literally everything. It just happens that this is like, my focus is specific to parent child. Um, but it's, as people get into coaching, they realize that it's not just showing up in their child relationship. It's just that our kids live in our house all the time with us. So that's where we feel the most. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm curious. Uh, I know you mentioned this earlier when we spoke. Could, could you talk about your the challenge of your age? Because you look very young and also you are young. Um, so when it comes to working with parents, you know, how, how does that work? Like, tell me about that. Yeah. So while I'm 26, <laughs> I look younger than that. I'm not sure like what people, people have their own opinions on how old I look. I've always looked young. I've always looked little. I've always looked like the youngest in my class. Um, like I just have always been that way. I, I am still the youngest of my friends. Personally, I know that receiving any advice, especially parenting advice is really vulnerable. I know that you have to, when you take advice, you have to admit that you might be lacking some sort of knowledge. You might not be there yet. You're missing some skills and that's vulnerable and it's challenging and it's, 
especially challenging when you are receiving it from someone who is much younger than you, um, because we have a, an unconscious belief, right, that younger people know less. And I am very aware of that belief. I have that belief about myself plenty. In the beginning, I was like, why would anyone listen to me? Why, you know, and, and the truth is, I think I am my own advertisement. I am my own brand. If you go to my Instagram and you watch 20 of my reels or my videos or whatever, you're going to know that I'm good at what I do. And as a side point, I'm also 26 <laughs> and I'm probably, and, and the truth is I'm in a very different stage of life than many of my clients. And I know that, and they know that, and they're comfortable with that in some ways. And you know, I have clients who are 15 years older than me. I have clients who are 20 years older than me. And I feel so honored that they are cool with that. Like, I get it. It's weird. It really is. And like, there is something that goes into a dynamic between a coach and, um, you know, someone receiving from them um, and a client. And I, I work very intentionally to create like safety for that. Like I've had people start a consultation saying like, how old are you? And I'm like, I'm 26, but if that bothers you, it might not be a good fit. I'm okay with that. Like they don't have to be my client. I thank God. Like for a long time, I did feel like scarcity of like, do I, am I going to have enough clients ever? I'm going to have enough clients ever. I had that last week, actually, a bunch of clients finished a session, finished a package and they decided they weren't going to renew or people are pausing and things are going on and whatever. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. I started panicking. And I'm like, no, like this doesn't mean anything. I have 23 people on my wait list. Someone's going to take a spot. Like, you know, I, I know that like the right clients are coming to me. And if, and it's okay. It's a very real thing. Like someone who has a fear of receiving from someone younger than them. Like I don't just unvalidate that, invalidate that at all. Like I get it. And like, that's totally fine. We all have our fears. It used to, I used to take it personally. Sometimes still do because I'm a human being, but um, you know, that is a big, it is a reality <laughs> um, that I definitely People ask me questions about that a lot. How many kids I have, how big my family is. Don't talk about my family on purpose. <laughs> but I, I do think that um, it's hard and I get why it's hard. And I don't think that everyone needs to be my client. And I don't think that I have to be everyone's coach. So, Right, for sure. Has anyone um, ever like chosen not to work with you because of your age? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think they've ever like booked a consultation and like then didn't. I mean, maybe they never told me to my face, but definitely people have like, people are, you know, they have their things. <laughs> They'll say things in messages like, you know, um, talk to me when you have 16 year olds and whatever. And, and I get it. I obviously don't have a 16 year old. I'm 26. And just like I said earlier, like kids behaviors, they all, and adult behaviors and teenager behaviors, they come from the same place. My job is not to be a parent to a teenager, to be your coach. My job is to understand behavior and help you learn to understand your kid's behavior and give you ways to show up for them. Um, even if I had 10 kids and you had 10 kids and our kids were the exact same ages, I would never have your 10 kids. I would never have your experience. I would never have your trauma and your things that you're bringing to the table and all the hard stuff with it. I would never understand fully what you're going through. What I do understand is that everyone has things that are hard for them. And I never know the extent of how hard it is for someone. And I get that. And I can be with that. And I can sit with that and validate that and, and challenge people in a safe, comfortable way to grow. And I think that's like 
kind of where I landed in that and where I get to whenever I'm re-triggered by that <laughs> and show up again. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. I love that. You know, there's, you could always have empathy for someone else, even if you're not at that exact same stage of life or whatever it is, like you could always put yourself in someone else's shoes. And, and you know what? I took a class once with someone and I love it so much, but she said, she's like, you would never know what you would do if you were that. And I don't, I don't know what any of, I don't know what I would do if I was any of my clients. I have no idea. I have no idea what's in their backpack. I have no idea what they're coming. I mean, I have some idea when they tell me, but I still don't know what it's like. And I don't judge them for it. I know it's hard. I know they're challenged. I, and yeah, you, I'm, I never know what I would do if I was someone else. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's a really important point for life for sure. Not child specific. Right. Right. Yeah. But also, yeah. Um, you know, running a business is, and I always say this because I think that not, I think, but the fact is that when you start your own business, it's really a process of self-work, right? Um, you learn a lot about yourself and I don't, I don't know if people necessarily realize that who are not business owners, but right when you become one, you're like, oh my gosh, like why this is, I have a trigger when it comes to this, or this makes me upset or this, whatever. Like, I feel like unworthy when it comes to this. So I am, I would love to hear, um, about some challenges that you've had to work through and some of your unconscious triggers that you've noticed. Yeah. Um, I think one of my biggest triggers in life (laughs) in general, not just in business is inauthenticity and lack of self-awareness and, Um, that shows a lot about me. I think in general, we, like, if I'm bothered by that in someone, it's because I, something Brene Brown says, I really like, she says, um, we feel, we shame where we feel susceptible to shame. So if I feel afraid of being shamed for not being self-aware or not being, um, you know, authentic, I am going to be uncomfortable around those qualities in other people. So I think, you know, that's, that's one, um, with coaching, I don't experience it that much because people usually come to the table really self-aware. They come to the table ready to be authentic and show up and they're comfortable being who they are in front of me. Um, you know, I think, I think that that's, you know, one challenge I have just in terms of like interactions on social media sometimes. Um, I think, you know, being a business owner, it is also hard to like, actually the truth is in terms of myself, like I had to relearn I think in any stage of life, any new thing you enter, like if I have a hard time being authentic or being self-aware or anything like that in a new, um, like space, I have to like relearn how to be me in that space. Like when I started Instagram, I did not feel like myself for a while. It was very uncomfortable. There was people watching me. I didn't have a ton of followers. I'm like, is anyone even watching? Um, and then like, as my following grew, especially because of reels, like my reels have gone viral. That's why I got so many, I was at like 3000 followers in August. So I got a ton. Um, but like, I realized like someone, a business coach I found on Instagram, like she talks about like, what is your space that you feel the best in? And I feel the best being creative. And I wasn't really utilizing that. Like I wasn't in that space enough. And I was like, how can I be me in the business world space? And I love doing that on Instagram. I love doing that on social media. I love being funny. I want to be myself in that space. And like, I am my own brand. It is me. I'm selling myself and my relationship, which sounds like kind of weird, but like, that's the truth. Like when 
the, and the truth is the second I started being genuine and myself and relaxed and funny and goofy and playful and, um, serious sometimes, and like showing up the way I did for my clients almost on my Instagram is when I ended up with 23 people on my wait list. <laughs> like I was like, I was like, I'm going to have 15 clients by September. Literally last month, I ended up having 23 additional clients like on my wait list. And it was, and it flows. And I'm learning that like the number of clients I have does not change how good of a coach I am or anything like that. Um, but like, I think that is one thing that I learn often is like, when am I feeling bored? When am I feeling not fulfilled? Like, and how can I get there? How can I be, and it's almost always by being creative, starting something new, making another class, um, making another reel, um, changing, you know, right now I'm working on a few things. I'm going to sell my website. There's some other things I'm working on. It's so annoying when people say that, like, oh, we're going to some big things, but I'm not ready to talk about it, but I am excited about it. And like, I love feeling that excitement and I don't want to be bored. Like that's not something I'm seeking. I don't like that. I like that excitement in my life of change and growth. And I feel re-challenged by all those pieces that show up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love that by the way. Um, the authenticity piece, I've experienced the same thing in business as well. Um, you know, when I started becoming more authentic, it's, it's about personal brand. It's, it's, a, it's creating a personal brand, which is really like the hot thing these days for a reason. Because people connect to personal brands, people connect to authenticity. So, yeah, I mean, that makes I'm not surprised at all that that's when your business like blew up. You know, yeah, it did. It totally did. Yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, a common struggle for business owners is is caring what other people think. I've been there. I still care to an extent. Um, and you've put yourself out there. I know you talked about this a little bit about being on social media, but. Um, what were your struggles like in regards to caring what other people think and how did you work through them? Yeah. Um, this is all thanks to my therapist. <laughs> um, thank God. Um, she, you know, something I learned like very on very, very why can I speak very early <laughs> on is that like anytime I, I remember having an interaction with someone a few years ago where I like offered to do something for them. And they were like, oh no, you're so sweet. It's totally fine. And then I was like, no, really? Like I genuinely mean it. Like if you need help, like I'm here to help. And she was like, no, 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 no. And I'm, I was like, I literally, it ate me alive. I was like, she thinks I'm weird. Why did I offer so much? Oh my God. I went out, what, what the heck was wrong with me? I can't believe I did that. Like as if I like spit in her food, I just like right. offered help. But like my unconscious thought like were like, I'm assuming her intentions were that she was thinking badly about me. I started labeling myself like I'm stupid. Oh my God, why would I do that? I'm so socially off. Da, da, da. And you know, like, um, what's the one? Oh, and I magnified it. I blew it right. up. Like none of that was like crazy. And my therapist said something so helpful to me. And it is something I repeat to myself. And I repeat to my clients is when I'm in someone else's head, I'm crossing a boundary. It is not my job to decide or think or imagine what anyone else is thinking of me. If I'm like, that's not my job. Like I can learn my own boundaries. I can learn that. And when I'm spending time thinking about what other people think, I'm losing my own precious time in my body and in my head and my space where I can create and learn and think about things and be curious about it. I'm like, oh, why was I so worried about the fact that she might think something of me? Because I really like her. Why do I really like her? Because we've been friendly for a few years and we have a normal relationship. 
oh, so she probably doesn't think I'm crazy. Um, <laughs> right. Like once I can like step back and like separate myself from that, like rambling on and on. And like, it's like, I say this with parents, if your kid is tantruming in a store, like you spending time thinking about every other person who's watching you, you're thinking of all the bad things they're thinking of you spend some time thinking about the good things. Yeah. Like what if she was just like, wow, she's so, so great. I have such a hard time accepting help. Right. What, yeah. if, what if the people in the grocery store were like, Oh, like, I feel you mom. Like, it's so hard. Like it's four o'clock. Like it's that time. It's tantrum time. Like girl, I feel you. Like, that's what I think when I see kids tantruming in the store, if you ever think that if you ever see me in the grocery store, I am never judging you for your kid tantruming. I'm just thinking like, I bet you guys have both had a really hard day. Like we can spend an equal amount of time you know, if I'm going to spend time there, let me spend time doing something that's beneficial to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that example, by the way, because even, yeah, like I'll go, I'll, I'll be in a store and I'll see a kid tantruming, crying, whatever. And the mom is like so frazzled. And I'm always thinking like, you're doing great. Like you're doing great. Like, like no, no one's judging you. We, 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 we all feel for you. We're like, oh, she must, like, like, as you said, she had a heart. You must have been having a hard day. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not easy. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And how about like Instagram, you know, how did you get through caring what people thought on Instagram? Yeah. Um, people straight up told me what they thought. So I had to, people literally were like, you know, I really thought like, this was really stupid when you started. And I'm like, oh, thanks. That was something you could have kept to yourself. <laughs> like that was some information I didn't need. Um, <laughs> And like they did it. And I know like it was coming from a place of like, wow, like I, even I who like thought like this was kind of like ridiculous. Like, how could you know, um, you know, they even they came around and like on one hand, I appreciate that. And on the other hand, like, ouch. Um, <laughs> but like, I think like I, I definitely get people who comment things. I definitely as my reels go viral, I get random people who don't even follow me. Um, I really actually had an interaction this week that was like really, um, like actually almost made me cry. <laughs> she, she, this, I thought someone who follows me on Instagram commented, it was, I could tell where it was coming from. It was coming from a place of like, well, like easy for you to say that, like, you know, this is what I do. And basically was giving advice to other followers <laughs> in my comments. And I just was like, I was super triggered. And I was just like, first of all, this is my page. Um, I'm going to comment to my followers. Like, it's not your job to give advice to my followers. Like, this is my space. So like, that felt like a boundary for me. Like someone's crossing into my boundaries. Um, and she was like very snarky in the comments. And she, and I just was like, you know what? The best Brooklyn I can be is going to come out right now. Um, I was in the middle of doing something, so I didn't have time to respond. And I responded to like, a few hours later, which was good. Cause I was probably would have been, I was probably nicer. And I said like, you know what? Like I totally get why you feel that way. Like actually most of that aligns with what I wrote in my reel and, or what I said in my reel. Um, and like, I'm totally on board. And, and then I kind of like challenged her. I was like, but you know what? I actually don't know if I agree with you on the second part, like, cause what if this, and what if that, and what if that, and how do we do that as adults and kind of like drew some parallels for her. And, and she messaged me on Instagram this week and she's like, Brooklyn, like I'm actually a therapist and I was really triggered by what you wrote in the comments. And I was, I was really snarky to you. And I just wanted to apologize and also tell you that you changed the way I'm going to respond to people. Like you show, you were a gentle parent to me. Like you were like empathized with me and you heard me. And like, that was such a pure interaction. And like, I didn't feel like attacked even though that's how I felt when I read your comments and things like that. And 
just like the gentleness, like it really is going to have a big impact on everything. And I just like literally was like, first of all, thank God that I didn't lose it. <laughs> like, thank God I didn't just like delete her comment. She was annoying. Like whenever, and I think that's something like I see over and over again, like when I show up gently and lovingly and without shame for other people, which is not my nature. I am a very feisty. I am a Leo. I'm fiery. Like I want to fight when people fight with me. Like my fight mode goes on. I am not a flight girl. I like want to fight. I want to argue. People bring up like reward and punishment at a dinner table. Like watch out. Like I will win. <laughs> I will pull the data from my bookshelf. Like I, you know, so it is hard for me to kind of like back down and be that way. And something I've learned to do is, is what makes the most impact. Um, and, and I was so grateful because this is someone who works with people who have complex trauma and teenagers. And like, she knows she might know it logically. And just the fact that she experienced it like viscerally, like in her body to receive that, like felt so good to her. She was like, Brooklyn, like, this is going to change the way I interact with my clients. And I'm like, every single time we show up for people compassionately, it literally makes a huge change. And so I just was like, you know, I just, that's what I've learned to do with social media comments is like, know that they're coming from a place that is challenging for them and try to be compassionate and have boundaries of like, I'm not going to let you walk all over me. Like, that's not going to work here. This is my space. Um, and I can be loving to you and get that you're having a hard time. Just like I'm sometimes rude and snarky when I have a hard time. Um, so yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. It's yeah. I, I, I love the combination of a feeling for someone else and, you know, but also having your own boundaries and protecting yourself because there's no reason why you should let someone else, you know, walk all over you or hurt you, but you should also be compassionate. Yeah. I think like I, I was a people pleaser and, for a long time. And I still like have those tendencies. And I was also, I'm also very perfectionistic, which is something I work on and being like, okay with failure and even texting you and say, I was going to be five minutes late so I can get myself a tea. Like old Brooklyn would not have done that. Um, but like the, like the people pleasing part of me would have just been like, would have like over explained to myself and like just gone and gone and gone and gone and like, you know, and like this part of me was like, no, actually like, those are your thoughts that you're having. That's not me. That's not my stuff. That's your stuff that's showing up here. Let me put a boundary so you can, right? When we put up boundaries, people usually realize pretty quickly that it's their stuff, right? Like as soon as we're like, no, actually, like I'm not gonna be able to do that. I'm like, I wish I could, hugs. Like they, that's that's their stuff that they have to deal with. Yeah. And, um, and then they figure it out. Totally, totally. Yeah, I love that. It's, it's true. I think that many of us struggle with that people-pleasing aspect and we have to work through that. So funny. I also had that just this morning um, with the, actually this, you're my second recording for the day. And the first person I was running 15 minutes behind, which is really not great. And, and, and you know what, this is the second time that I've done this in the past like, couple of weeks that or, I'm sorry, since I started my podcast, which I'm more in the fourth season now, um, which is to tell someone that I'm running late. I'm so sorry. I'm going to like, let's log on 15 minutes after. And it feels very empowering because you're allowed to be human. You're allowed to protect yourself. You're allowed to um, allow yourself that leeway and love that that you need, you know? Yeah. And also when we are perfectionistic, like what is the function of that? Like what's the function of people pleasing is to control how other people feel about me. And I can't do that. So then I could just stop doing that, be my real self. And then that real self is actually what gets people to like me, you know? And if they oh, don't, then that's clear. Like, bye. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to be friends with everyone.
totally totally (laughs) yeah yeah I love that Uh, we've just been talking about like you know really this this all comes from stems from the the topic of self-awareness in business Uh, I just want to like have you really reiterate in your you know like how you think that um, self-awareness plays a role in business because we've been discussing different examples but I'd love to hear what you have to say from your own experience yeah Um, the first thought that comes into my head is that like it's kind of easy to lose yourself in anything. Um, I am not my business. <laughs> I, you know, sometimes I'm at a Shabbos table and people are like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're here. Let me ask you this question about hitting. And I'll say, we can talk after Shabbos, right? Because first of all, I want to get paid. <laughs> Second of all, like I sometimes want to relax. Like, you know, I think knowing that like, I am not my business. I can continuously reinvent myself if I ever, I feel very, very um, uninspired when I feel obligated to do anything. And I think many of us do like, you know, whenever I'm feeling burnt out or anything in any aspect, I, I like to tell myself, like, you know what, like Hashem gives you whatever you need. You have everything you need. Excuse me. I'm going to interrupt you for the people who don't know what that, that's God. God. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Um, thank you. Um, like, the, you know, God, whatever the world, everything in general, like, even if you know, I constantly do have a very strong feeling that like my needs are being met and I'm capable of meeting those needs. And sometimes the way I meet those needs is going to change and that's okay. And it feels a little scary and uncomfortable, but like, I am not my business. Yeah. (laughs) Number one, then, um, also like tapping into the parts of myself that like feel the best and, like I, like I said, I feel the best when I'm creative. Like, you know, I, I don't like to sit still and I'm not into hustle culture. I rest, (laughs) I rest plenty. I watched like four hours of vampire diaries on Sunday and (laughs) we were fine. (laughs) Meaning I have like a very natural, like flow of like my life. I, you know, there's going to be a week when I'm tired. That's not going to be the week I get anything done. Thank God I hired an assistant. She's amazing. Um, you know, then second week I might have a lot of creativity. That's when I get a lot done. Then I delegate. Like I know I don't need to push myself to be successful. Um, it's going to come and it doesn't have to be like a hustle, 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 hustle all the time to get there. Um, I want to feel comfortable the way I'm doing it. I want to like, I'm, I don't really I, I did for a long time subscribe to the belief that like you have to work really hard and like burn yourself out. And like, I was in grad school. I had a newborn baby. I literally applied for grad school with a newborn baby on my lap in the hospital. Like, I'm like, why did I, I mean, I, first of all, in this point in my life, I would never go to grad school again. <laughs> like that was crazy that it was during COVID. It was, it was just so many pieces, you know? And, and I don't think that you need to work insanely hard to be successful. I think you can be a person and be successful and like the ease and the lightness in the way that you are, like when you're like, and this is kind of like tied into like just being a woman is like, we don't have to be men (laughs) to be amazing at what we do. And like, there is this like, sort of like, almost like masculine like dynamic that and I think we all have like masculine and feminine qualities like I am probably have more masculine qualities I'm not naturally relaxed or soft or gentle or anything like that um but but the more I start to like sit in that the more I realize like things come like they come and they come with ease and it doesn't have to be me sweating every day trying to get clients like they're gonna come 
Um, and when they aren't coming, like that's okay too. That's a natural pause, like trusting that that phase is going to end. Really last week I had a phase where I had several clients finish sessions or like close early or whatever. And I was like, what is going on? And then like seven more people joined my waiting list. And, you know, a few other clients called me who had been paused for a while and it, it all ebbs and flows. And it's not like reminding yourself that it's not dangerous when that changes and, um, kind of just, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. I'm rambling a little bit, but just- yeah, totally. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, for sure. I think that we tend to, um, get like nervous from these things, you know, or anxious when, when things seem to be slowing down, that that's the word seem because in essence, it's, it's time. It's, it's the way you think about it. It's your mindset. So you're, you're, you've got some time to relax to rejuvenate or other things flow in instead, you know, like you needed that space for your other clients to come. Exactly. And really what, really what I'm working on, like, I won't say in like specifics, but like part of my challenge right now is that I have 15 clients and a huge waiting list. And I personally do not have a mental capacity to take on more than 15 clients. Um, I, I want more people to have access to things that they're, you know, getting beyond Instagram. I want to be there for more people and sort of scale myself, which is really hard when you're a person, not, you know, a service necessarily. Like I'm not Uber. You can't Uber me. Um, I can't hire like 20. And and the truth is I don't feel, I don't feel like it's aligned with me right now to like hire another coach. Like it doesn't feel like me um, literally, but (laughs) I, What I do want is to give more people who are interested in coaching and making change a way to do that. Um, And so I am working on like uh, another like new kind of part of my business to sort of create, first of all, passive income for me, but, but for the people who are, who want to make change, who either need a more affordable, accessible option or whatever the reason is. um, And and I was able to do a lot of that in the last few weeks because I had that pause. And like there, I am an endless flow of creativity, not just me, the whole world, every single person has an endless source of ideas. And like, and usually we just don't have the space to do that, but that space doesn't have to be scary. And I'm trying to teach myself that. And I feel like that's something I took away a lot from the last few weeks is that I had that space and I was able to do a lot in that space. Yeah. Yeah. I love that for sure. And, you know, speaking of kind of taking time to, you know, focus on other things, how do you balance that, that your family life and your business life? These are really hard. (laughs) I don't know. There's a lot of things I delegate. I think that's like everyone's answer. Like I have help. Um, I am a terrible grocery shopper. I, I don't, I'm not good. I hate cooking dinner. It's like my least favorite thing. Um, I, you know, all those things are hard for me. I get cleaning help. My husband, thank God is, I mean, I think he'd probably like if I helped more, (laughs) he's very helpful. Thank God. Um, he's also, I also have different standards than other people would like, you know, I don't care if the playroom is messy, right? Like I care if my living room's messy. That's what I clean. You know, I, I'm fine with the laundry piling up and I'd rather do it like all in one day than, than do it every day over a long period of time. You know, I, you know, I do a lot of target pickup, Instacart, like I would rat for me, it's like it I am fine paying for convenience. Like that is something I prioritize. I, you know, um, in terms of family life, I I it is hard for me. I, I do have an emotionally draining kind of job and I work to, you know, 
give my own self-care needs met. And, um, and I'm still tired. I'm still tired and it's okay. And, you know, it's not dangerous for my family to see me tired. I try to show up more. One of the things I'm working right now on is my phone down is very hard for me. Um, my whole job is on my phone. So I love to be on my phone. I love Instagram. I know people like don't like social media. I love social media. I think it is so fun. I love everyone I follow. And if you don't love social media, then you are following the wrong people. Cause there are literally so many amazing accounts in the world. Like I follow like an aquatic account. Like I want to see like clownfish swimming in like the coral reef. I want to see like a guy who like raises wolves. Like that's cool. Like you don't just have to follow like you know, every single parenting account in the whole world. I do not follow a lot of parenting accounts. I follow like four. Um, and like, that is more than enough for me. I have a lot, you know, I'm always learning. I'm always doing more, but like, um, you know, trying to do things that feel good for me in my family dynamic, like, you know, maybe I don't love playing on the floor. Fine. Let's play a tickle game. You know, like maybe I, you know, don't love going to the park. That's fine. Let's go on a walk. Like we don't need to do things. Meaning there are obviously times when we push ourselves and we do things for our kids and we want to show up different ways, but like I can do things I want and still enjoy my family life. And I can enjoy my family life in a way that feels good for me. Um, and I think like learning to get in touch with that is good. Like, oh, this doesn't feel good for me. Like sitting on the floor building magnet house for two hours. Hmm, something about that just doesn't feel super fulfilling. Like, how can I show up in a different way? Like I set my timer for the first five minutes of every hour. I'm going to show up. I'm going to play for a little bit and say, okay, now I'm going to go cook or I'm going to give a job or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I guess <laughs> I just do things I like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they don't like. <laughs> right. And then also your, your, your kids end up like, when, when do you do things like that? in life, your kids end up appreciating it because, um, they don't feel this resentful mother. You know what I mean? So, there, I, I think that is like the biggest, I, this is going to, people might hang up after they hear this, but I think that is the biggest misconception in life is that we have to do things we don't want to do. Like, <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but like, Hey, obviously I have to go to the DMV and get my driver's license. I don't want to go to the DMV, but I want to drive my car legally. So like, right. if I focus on that, like that is actually something I want yeah. to do. I, mean, yeah. I know you have to get there, but I do want that, right? Like, so shifting your focus. I don't want to pack my kid a lunch every day. It's very annoying, but I want my kid to be fed and feel like eat delicious, nutritious food. And I want him to feel loved when he, you know, I don't want to do the laundry. Like, okay, like I'll get the laundry service to pick it up. Like most of us don't actually do too many things we don't want to do. And when we are doing it, we end up resentful and burnt out and we try controlling things that are out of our control. And I think the more we learn to listen to what we do want, um, we can prioritize the things that are really important and put that rest of the things on the back burner or delegate them or realize like, maybe I actually just don't care if they wear pajamas to school. Like, fine. Yeah. Go for it. You know, totally. like, I think that just makes us softer and more relaxed and just less tense in general. So. Yeah, totally. I love that. It's so refreshing. It's hundred percent. Yeah. Um, okay. A couple last questions. We're going to end off. So how did you decide on pricing your services? Um, you know, was that a challenge for you? Like how did that work? Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. Um, when I started, I was like, I'm not worth this. Why are people going to pay? Um, and honestly, the more I raised my prices, the more I challenged myself to show up better. Um, and the more I showed up better, the more I realized like, this is what I'm worth. Um, right now, I just raised my prices recently. Quite honestly, like 
I find when I'm getting burnt out or I feel like I'm doing more than is what than when I'm getting paid for, then, then I'm like, oh, like, okay, then it's time to raise my prices. Like I need to be getting what is worth it for me. And I have this constant voice in my head that says, I want to be accessible to parents who can't afford parent coaching. Um, so I do work with some families. I don't have, I don't have space to do that right now anymore, just because I have a full client load and I already have like my max of people that I kind of work with, like on a sliding scale. Um, but that's what I'm doing now is I want to create ways for parents to access me. Um, that is affordable long-term that they can help themselves and they can still get some access to me. And, um, but I, I, it's going to be worth my time or I'm not going to do it. Um, and I think the more that I learn that, and the truth is for some clients, like I know that they need, you know, they're committed. Like that is worth my time in of itself. Like if I have a client who's committed and I know they're going to come back week to week, like it's okay if they're paying me a little bit less because they're there every single week and they're committed to changing and showing up for themselves. And like that is intrinsically motivating for me. I don't just need the extrinsic um, motivation of like coming from outside of myself, like the money. I also want to feel like I'm making a difference and like that is powerful and it doesn't, you know, I just raise my prices when I feel like I should. And when I feel like a little bit burnt out or even resentful and, you know, like when it would be helpful. And, and, and I am also flexible. Like I'm happy to help people out when it is within my space to do so. Um, I love that. Boundary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yo, that's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Let's end off with, I'm going to ask you the question that we ask everyone at the end, which is what is something that you hope the next generation of women won't have to struggle with? That's such a good question. Um, honestly, hearing that they're emotional. (laughs) Um, Every single person in the entire world has emotions and every single person in the world is driven by those emotions and makes change using those emotions. And our emotions are super powerful. And I think women especially have a deep intuition and like sense of things and we're aware and we, you know, and I, I think that that in of itself is, you know, something so powerful that if we taught our kids to access and not just women, but everyone, but, you know, specifically women, I think are the ones who hear like, you know, your feelings are big or girls are so dramatic or whatever, like no girls just know when they're done taking people's, you know, whatever. Um, I'm not going to swear on your podcast. Thank you. <laughs> girls fight like they're you know girls are like why are they so feisty why are they so emotional because they know that they didn't get what they want they're sad let them be sad that sadness pushes them to work harder that frustration tells me where I need to put my effort in or if I have to change directions emotions are super powerful and like we are allowed to have them and we're not too much of anything everything that we are is exactly who we need to be we have everything we need and you know we're learning for sure but I think that hearing that they're not too emotional would be great. Hearing that like, wow, like you are so like, you know, exactly what you want, you know, exactly. And I think that's something else actually, which is very connected to emotions is like, sometimes like we're confused about what we want, or we're thinking so much about what other people want, or, you know, like how do people please, or how to make everyone happy and like, what do I want and how does what I want serve everybody else, right? Like, how does that help? the world showing up for me 
can't like I I'm not like I I'm not into the belief of like we're all narcissistic and blah 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 and worshiping ourselves. No, no, no. Like when I know what I want, which is to help other parents, I can serve other people. When I have my own needs met of of getting my coffee in the morning, having my nails done, my earrings on, my makeup done, my hair done, my outfit on, like I feel good. And when I feel good, then I'm super awesome for everybody else. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Cranky Brooklyn who doesn't have her needs met does nothing for anybody else because I'm too busy whining and groaning that I didn't get my coffee or that I don't feel good or I don't look good or whatever. Like when we feel the best is when we are the best for the world. And I think knowing what we want and knowing how our feelings help us um, would like, I hope the women of the next generation have that. I hope they do. And I think it would be so freaking powerful to like watch it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with you. And I love that. Oh my gosh. That's a very unique answer. Thanks. <laughs> I, was um, I didn't know what other people answered. So. No, no. Listen, you know what? It's, it's the, we, we want to hear what you feel like your true right, feeling. Exactly. And- Even that thought of like, what do other people answer? People pleasing. Like my answer is the best answer for whoever needs to hear it. Like exactly. every single person who answers that question has a unique perspective that helps every single person in a different way. Exactly. And if you don't like the answer, what does that teach me? You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love your way of thinking. <laughs> it's very coach, like coach, like, yeah, I'm very um, back. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So last question, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Brooklyn Dukes, which is B R O O K E L Y N N E Dukes, D U K E S a very long name. I'm sorry. And, um, you can use my website to join my waiting list. Um, I give classes, all that jazz, I sometimes post on TikTok, but I'm not, it's just too hard to keep up with all the social media yeah. outlets. Um, and soon I'll have a second website. And when I have that, I will share it with you. Awesome. Yes. And all of uh, Brooklyn's information is going to be linked in the show notes. Um, so you'll find it there as well. And thank you so much for joining me today, Brooklyn. This was so nice to have you. So fun, formative. Thanks for sharing your journey and advice with everyone. So much for having me. <laughs> this was so fun and I love you and your conversation, your energy. That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Carmela Cosmetics. That's Carmela with a K. And on our website, CarmelaCosmetics.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard. 